Hey everyone, I'm so excited for you to hear this next episode. As we're nearing the end of season two, I have brought in some amazing guests for our last episodes and I just can't wait for you guys to hear them. So this next guest is amazing. He's got an amazing story and an amazing message to tell, but I do want to provide a trigger warning right before this episode when we get into it. This episode will touch on some pretty heavy topics like suicide, suicide loss, mental health problems. So if you're in a bad place and you just don't feel like you're ready to listen to this, that's okay. Maybe listen to some of the other episodes where I haven't provided a a trigger warning or just take some time for you. That's completely okay. Do whatever you have to do to survive the suck. That's why we're here. So let's get to it. Let's listen to this next episode with Ryan Nesbitt. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Surviving the Suck podcast. I hope that you are all having an awesome day so far. I hope you're surviving this weather. Um, If you are in the United States, if you're in the Midwest, but I also hope that your weather, if you're somewhere else that's warm and sunny, I hope you're enjoying that because I am jealous. I am so tired of the, the snow here, but I know that we got some ways to go before the sun starts creeping in. So hope you're having a great day. And again, as always, I'm super pumped to be back. We are edging the end of season two on the podcast, and I couldn't think of a better guest today to kind of put the bow on an awesome season. Um, I have with me today Ryan Nesbitt, and he is really just a phenomenal person. From the moment I met him, I was like, I want this guy in my podcast. Like, He needs to come be on Surviving the Suck because I just absolutely loved his humor loved his story. I loved just the way that he talked about mental health and suicide prevention. Um, I actually met him at a QPR training, which he's going to talk a little bit about that today. And he taught me so much more than I thought I even knew about suicide prevention. So I'm really excited to have him today. And Ryan, I'm going to have you introduce a little bit more about yourself. So the audience, my audience can kind of get to know you more. Sure. Let's get it going. Uh, You talk about the weather. That is depressing in Iowa, but we must overcome. It's going to get worse. I know. Wind chills are going to get worse. And I have three children. So that usually means late start, which means we got to deal with that. That's life. There's joys and stresses. So don't have children if you don't want to have stress in your life. They also bring tons of joy. Ryan Nesbitt live in Jessup, Iowa, which is close to Waterloo, Cedar Falls, uh, probably two hours from the Quad Cities, kind of right in the middle of Iowa, kind of northeast. Uh, small town. I'm from a small town. Grew up on a farm. Uh, 46, sneaking up on 50. Scary. Life goes fast, but I'm fit. I'm healthy. Life is good. So we got a long ways to go. Uh, married 20 years. We have three kids, which I'll probably butt into this a little bit because mental health is a parent with a 14-year-old daughter, mm, freshman girl, a 13-year-old son and a 10-year-old daughter. It's a daily battle. Mm-hmm. We are in the grind of it. They're not babies. They're not toddlers. They are in the rough years, um, but we will overcome and we learn from other people. I'm learning that quickly as a parent. You got to parent your kids as a group because they will tear you down. Because <laughs> I don't know all the answers. I've never had a 14-year-old daughter before. Yeah. No clue what I'm doing. All I do is love and learn every day and try not to make eye contact with her when I know it's it's not going well. Is this all true, Haley? You were a 14-year-old girl once. Yeah, that's that sounds very accurate. Excellent. So that's the family. Uh, I'm co-director of a nonprofit called Alive and Running Iowa. Uh, I think we've been around 13 years now. So it's really based in the Cedar Valley part of Iowa, Waterloo, Cedar Falls, but we're definitely spreading. Um, This is mental health, suicide prevention, and we're very proud of our work. Uh, We put in a lot of volunteer time. We have an event each summer it's always father's day weekend in tiny dunkard in iowa it's a town of 800 that's where i grew up wow we usually have about a thousand people come so that's impressive if you had a walk or a 5k in the quad cities i don't that's huge 
to have more people come than actually live there. So when you have a town of 800 and a thousand show up, that's big. Yeah. Um, Love trying to help people. That's really one of my core values in life because people have helped me. And my family is all about volunteering and helping. Um, So we really spend a lot of time trying to educate and help other people because surviving the suck, Mm -hmm. that's life. That's every day. I have a great life, but it sucks sometimes. And there were periods in my 46 years where it sucked every single day, Mm. but I'm here. I'm here and will be, and we want to keep grinding. As I told you off air, I'm grinding right now. We're Mm -hmm. grinding in life, but I have things coming up to relax. I know that about myself. We can grind a little bit, but you got to stop sometimes. So there's kind of a rambled intro. People are already thinking this guy hates his 14-year-old daughter. (laughs) No, I don't. I do not. She had a good night last night. We have joy. She's a really good athlete. She had a good game. And we're going to embrace that because the the two or three before that sucked. So we embrace the good things and try to go with positivity. So that's kind of who I am. Wow, that was awesome. I I love when uh, guests come on here and they just make me crack up just from the other side. And that's one thing that I just love. Uh, even in your QPR training, Ryan, you were, I love how you just mixed in humor so well with, with this topic. Cause it, you know, you know, this, and, and I'm sure even some of the, some of my audience members know this, that, you know, talking about suicide is not easy. It, it's, it's heavy. It, so one thing that I've learned through the four years that I've been doing advocacy is you, sometimes you you got to learn to just enjoy life. And, um, even as you talked about, you know, you're grinding right now, you're, you're trying to do all the things and to be able to have time coming up where you can kind of step back, recharge, refocus. Sometimes that's really nice. And we all need that. So anyone listening, if you are in the grind, like Ryan, like plan some time coming up where you can step back, you know, and just not have to survive so much and just thrive. So don't be afraid to do that. So Ryan, you talked a little bit about how there were days in your life where you felt like you were surviving the suck every day. And, um, and then you also said, you know, you like to volunteer and help others because so many people have helped you. And I feel like I relate to that a lot because there was a quote that I saw probably about a year ago that said, suicide prevention is important because it saved my life. And I think about that a lot. The reason why I'm so involved in suicide prevention is because I've seen it unfold right in front of me and it's saved other people and my own life. And I'm curious for you, do you feel that way as well? Or what kind of helps you feel so tied to this mission um, and this purpose? Because it it isn't easy to do it every day of your life. And I feel like you're someone that you're on the battlegrounds, you're in the arena with us. And um, what kind of keeps you tied to that? I'll start with that and then we'll go back. Um, I know so many people, as do you, that are in suicide prevention or suicide survivors. That means you've lost someone you love to suicide. So many good people that volunteer and want to help, and we don't want this to happen to anyone else. But I have to throw in a disclaimer, kind of. We got to take care of ourselves, too because I'm in this business, I teach a lot, I volunteer, and I have burnout. Mm -hmm. It was three or four years ago, I had to stop. And I talked to my wife and she she just said, you got to take a month. Just stop trying to help people. Yes, ma'am. Lesson learned. You learn that in marriage, you say yes to your wife, but she was right. So now as I'm getting older and wiser, I know I really have to pay attention to how I'm doing. I'm looking at myself on this Zoom. I have a lovely cold sore and that's a warning sign that I'm pushing Yeah. because I get those like once every two years. And in my head, it always means you're too stressed. Mm. So then I know I got to run a little bit more this week. I got to have quiet time. I have to watch funny things. Jim Gaffigan, I watch him. Oh, that's my go-to. I I love love Jim Gaffigan. So I know that about myself, but a note to anyone on here that helps people, if you're in the business of helping people, we want to be unselfish in life, but you got to take care of yourself first. That is so important. 
And I'm still learning that at 46, but I have a core unit of people around me that know, all right, dude, you're scheduling too many trainings or you need to exercise more. You need to go do something with your family because mm-hmm. you can't just grind, grind, grind. So there's a note on that. Going way back, the reason I'm in this world of mental health, um, and I think everyone should know this, I'm 46 now, but when I was 15, long time ago, 1991, as my children say, I grew up in the 1900s. So I don't know anything about anything. Like they think we used outhouses and had horse and buggy. I don't, this is like 30 years ago. Oh, this this era, it's going to test me. I know, the yes. 1900. Yeah. That's funny. Right on. They missed the 80s. Their loss, the greatest decade ever. Um, but 1991, sophomore in high school, small town, Iowa. And I'll keep it short. My really good friend took his own life. So suicide has deeply impacted me. Um, I can remember the day is January 8th of 1991. So it's been 31 years. It's 2022 now. So huge traumatic event in my life as a high school sophomore, rural Iowa, small town. Um, And I actually discovered his body with his mom. So, whoa, even more trauma. Um, Quick side note, anyone that has uh, struggles in life with things they've seen, uh, PTSD, images they've seen, look into EMDR. I always forget what it stands for. It's like eye movement, something, something. Hmm. EMDR. I wish they would have had this 20 years ago. Because all I hear is success stories about EMDR therapy. Huh. So if you've seen traumatic things in life and you just can't move forward, war, dead body, car wreck, whatever it is, check into EMDR. I should know what the last two letters are, are but they're really long words and I'll butcher them. But look into EMDR. Um, back to the story. Uh, my life totally changed. When you lose someone to suicide at that age, that's a big event, plus the trauma of what I saw. And I really struggled with that for about 15 years. Um, I spent time myself in two different hospitals as a 15-year-old in the mental health wing, and I highly recommend that. Mm -hmm. I knew I was a threat to myself. I was instantly threatening suicide all the time after his funeral. Uh, My life did a 180. And my parents and I agreed, you need to go somewhere safe. And the safe place in 1991 was Allen Hospital or Covenant Hospital. Kept me alive. It kept me safe. So I'm so thankful for that time. So always to young people. I talk to a lot of students. Get help if you need it. If you end up at the hospital, good. Mm -hmm. You're not weird. You're not weak. You shouldn't be embarrassed. I was a great athlete. And I came back to school from the nut ward, as some people would call it. But they embraced me, the good people in my life, because it helped me. Um, And I push that message now, too. Had to wait for a bed back then. This was a long time ago. I'm not going to go off into politics in Iowa. It's worse now. Yeah. In 2022. And that's sad. But that's why we all have to play a role. So long story short, after getting help, Initially, at 15, I did not ask for help till I was about 30. There's your big mistake in life. Mm. Still make a lot of mistakes every single day, but that one was giant. Um, If you're grieving a suicide loss, you got to do it with other people. I tried to do it alone. Mm -hmm. Big mistake. Luckily, I had great family, great friends, great teachers, great people always around to help. But man, I was in some valleys, oh, some deep valleys. And I almost chose to be there Mm -hmm. because I wouldn't acknowledge, got to talk about feelings. We have to let emotion out. Um, We have to get support. So a 15-year period where I was close to death, probably 11 or 12 times where my brain said, this is it today, I'm done. (laughs) But by miracle and many other things, good people, I'm alive. Um, I eventually went to a suicide loss support group. I have to pump those up too. If you're listening to this and you've lost someone wherever you live, get on Google and look it up. I think in Iowa, there's 
17 suicide loss support groups. I think wow. there's something in the Quad Cities. Uh, the power of being in a room with other people who have all lost someone to suicide and hearing their stories was freeing for me. The first meeting after 10 minutes, I felt thousands of pounds of pressure come off of me. I felt relief. Wasn't healed. Oh, I'm all better now. Everything's going to be great. But man, what a huge step to healing. So I highly recommend suicide loss support groups. So that was kind of the journey. Roger took his life as a high school sophomore. Um, I really struggled, sought help. And then I can do this for 15 years. I'm a man. I'm tough. Mm. Nope. Mistakes. So one more note before I let you go again to men, especially. I mean, I'm tough. You can't see me. I'm 46. I'm going to pump myself up here, Haley. I'm 6'3", 6'3", 193. I've ran a 50K. So I have ran 31 miles at once. I don't know what I can bench anymore. Probably not as much as my 13 year old son, but who cares about that? I'm tough. I can endure physical pain, but I know if I'm struggling, I have to talk to people. Mm-hmm. That's a tough man right there. Whether it's yeah. other men or my pastor or my wife or to who I believe in. I know that about myself that we have to communicate because I learned a 15 year lesson. That process didn't work. So there's a good point. Hopefully if there's adult males listening or even teenage males. Yeah. I can't, I can't tell you the amount of young men that I talk to who are involved in some of our gray matters, high school chapters who, you know, are kind of struggling with kind of, I hate to use the term toxic masculinity, but it, but it is kind of that toxic societal mindset that men can't cry and and men can't, show emotion in the ways that, you know, women do and and women have their own struggles. Don't get me wrong, but I, I definitely think with men, it's a lot harder to ask for help. And I don't know why that's still a thing. You would think that it would be a little bit better, but I think there's still a lot of young men who do struggle with that. I agree. I'll, I'll rat on myself. And now people will think, well, you're not a real man. Because last night at a basketball game, Mike, this girl, the 14-year-old, finally made a big basket. And I think I was crying because I was so happy. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Luckily, I was in the top row, kind of huddled by my wife. There was so much joy and relief of the stress and pressure and anger that she has as your child. And then finally, something good happened. And it was like this overwhelming, oh, so happy. It didn't win the game or anything. Somebody else did that. But just this little, a kid made a basket in a varsity basketball game in Mm. Podunk, Iowa. But it was just this joy of, oh, maybe this is a big step that Mm. she can be happy. Yeah. (laughs) But this morning she was grumpy. So that's life. (laughs) But yeah, but you know, that that's surviving the suck. You know, you've talked about being in valleys yourself and sometimes there are days where for me, you know, with my mental health, I know that there are going to be days that are really, really dark. And I, sometimes I cry it out. Sometimes I journal. Sometimes I just text a friend and send them a huge paragraph and just say, Hey, I'm not even expecting you to fix this or have any advice for me, but I just need you to hear me. I just need to be heard right now. And I know sometimes when I have those days that I can wake up the next day and feel completely fine, like nothing happened and move on about my day. But sometimes there's those moments where it's just up and down for a while and you're just your brain and your body are trying to figure out how to survive and how to make it through this. And healing is not linear. I love that quote, Mm -hmm. but we expect it to be. I feel like we say that quote a lot. Healing's not linear, but we expect it to be. So when we have those low moments, we're like, well, why am I, why am I struggling with this? Why am I doing this? And it's like, that's all part of the healing process you know, you're going to grieve throughout the the healing process and you're going to have those low moments. And, and the, I love what you said, Ryan, and the best thing that you can do in low moments is to ask for help. And that's so much easier said than done. Um, but it is worth it. It definitely is worth it. Great points. Uh, just as things pop in my head, I always have to say them because I get forgetful at this age. Yes. (laughs) Um, I, know, I know this isn't for everybody. If you're listening like, oh, this guy ran 31 miles, loser. I hate running. That's fine. I don't love it every second either. 
Yeah. But it helps me. It helps my mental health. So exercise, huge. Mm -hmm. If you're listening, I know it's not for everybody, but you got to move your body every day. Walking, anything. I'm kind of different. I'm an ultra runner. Great. That works for me. But take a walk, especially when the weather gets nice. You got to move your body, get fresh air. And if you do like exercise, push yourself set goals, go do a race, enter a competition, make goals. I still do that at 46. I mean, I'm getting slower every year. It's a little depressing as you get older because you can't hit the same marks you used to set new goals. Mm. And I do that too. I'd like to run a 50 miler before I'm 50. So I have four years. That's going to be a challenge. But if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And we're probably going to raise money and create awareness. It's not just going to be, oh, Ryan ran a 50 miler. We're going to raise money to help people. And we're going to try to inspire people um, to get off the couch or whatever. But get your body moving. It works for most people. I think it works for 99.9% of people. It's just some people hate exercise. And that's okay. I know. I you. I used to myself until running is kind of a drug. Actually, there's a good drug. Mm-hmm. I love it. And it's my time to think and clear my head. So exercise. Always got to harp on the exercise. Now I have to actually do it today. Yeah. Hey, you know, I, I will tell you, I just recently I've been kind of slowly kind of I can feel myself kind of seeping back into the suck because the weather has been so crappy and it's after the holidays and I haven't been moving my body like you were talking about Ryan so today I told myself I'm like I'm gonna go to the gym and I'm going to work out and run because it's too cold out so I'm gonna run on a treadmill and I'm gonna do all the things that I told myself I was gonna do weeks ago and um I I will say it's hard to take that first step, especially when you've taken time off, but if you can just slowly start to inch your way back and I know it's going to help. Like, I know I'm going to feel better after people don't understand the, the strong connection between mind and body. And if you can get your body moving and your body feeling good and your mind's going to feel a lot better. So I love that you talked about that too, because it really is important. Fully agree. I just got to do it. Because my mind, just listening to you, is thinking, well, I have to do this today and this today and this today, and I didn't sleep enough, and I have to see teenagers tonight, which is important at youth group, so maybe I can sneak in a nap, and then my brain's like, oh, a nap sounds great, and I think, but I just told her I'm going to run, so it balance. Mm -hmm. There's enough time in the day. Find a way. Yeah, definitely, And, and I know you're involved in your church's youth group, right? Do you lead the youth group, or... I know you're involved with something in your church. I'm the official youth group leader. That's one of, that's a non-paid role. That's my <laughs> life. <laughs> I, I know. I, yeah, I, I totally get it. I, I always tell people that I work two full-time jobs when I get paid for and when I don't. And that's, you know, that's again, right. balance. But, um, you know, I'm interested to kind of hear. So I'm involved with my church as well. Um we just started a young adult group, youth group and it's been really great so far. I've really enjoyed it. And I found that especially in times like these with COVID and everything that's going on still, that community is really important and has really helped me feel not so alone. And even if it's people that necessarily don't have the same problems that I do can still go and see other people face to face and have those mm-hmm. connections. And I'm curious with the work that you do, um, in your church, QPR, you know, your own nonprofit, all the things that you do in your life. Do you find that community helps people heal? Excellent. Oh man, let's be like a 10 minute answer here. <laughs> there's so much to it. Fine. First of all, if you're listening, don't turn it off. Oh, they're going to start talking about church stuff now. Yeah. Uh, I'm special. So keep listening. Um, <laughs> I have, and here's why I'm special. I'm very unselfish, but what I believe in, who I believe in, I'm not going to push that on you. If you want to learn about it, come ask me or read the good book. I believe, believe firmly, but I lead a youth group and you can smoke weed in the parking lot and come into youth group. Mm-hmm. It is an open door. 
I hope there's not kids smoking weed in the park. I better check that out tonight. We're going to have to have a car <laughs> check. Hang out in the parking lot before. Right. Hide in the snowbank or something. Church is an open door. And it has to be. If you read your Bible, the man I believe in, Jesus, he didn't hang out with the perfect people. Mm-hmm. He hung out with the messed up people. And I kind of take that into life. Do I want to get human beings to the point of faith I'm at? Yes. But that might take years. First, you have to establish relationship. Mm-hmm. So with teenagers specifically now, we want people coming where we're at church youth group <clears throat> to know that five or six adults give a crap about them. Mm-hmm. That's step one, because some of them have maybe one, two, my parents stink. I hate school. I'm not in sports, music. I have no adults I trust or look up to. Come to youth group. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just going to hear about Jesus. I want a little bit, but you're also going to hang out. And now we're bringing in pool tables and ping pong and foosball. We're creating a fun room because this is a small town, Iowa. There is nothing to do for teens. So what are they doing on Friday nights? The same thing I did at their age. I'm driving gravel roads, drinking beer. Good times, but shouldn't have been doing that because people could have died and it was, it was bad decisions. Um, so we're, trying to, we're creating an environment where they can just come. You don't have to go to my church. You don't have to come to my youth group. You're not going to smoke weed or drink beer in the building, but we want you here. And then you'll know that adults care about you and these weird church people can be fun and they are human and we got your back good or bad. So that's kind of how we try to model youth group. Um, I love working with teenagers. We lived in Ankeny 13 years, which is Des Moines area. And I've met so many teens and man, they're all the same everywhere. It's the same issues, the same problems. Just, we move into different years of life just good kids that are confused and stressed and their bodies are growing and their thoughts are, I mean, it's in my house. I'm angry. I'm angry. I'm angry. Well, I'm learning from thousands of parents that I talk to. That's the life of a 14 year old girl. So get used to it, Brian. Well, (laughs) what can I do? I can love her and support her and try to be positive. That's hard because I'm a nitpicker. So that was the church thing. The community, community is core um, mm-hmm. of saying, I always do it every training I do. Two are better than one. If our friend falls down, who's going to pick them up? Uh, you got to do life together. I tried the, I'm all by myself gig for 15 years. I'm tough. I can do this. Ooh, no, we have to have each other's backs. So we have to surround ourselves, even at 46, with good people. You know, you know, the Atwoods. Mm-hmm. Kevin and Jamie in the Quad Cities area. We need to talk more, me and them. We're adults, we're busy, but I know they got my back. Yep. And they know I have their back. And I've got people in Des Moines still, they got my back. I've got people in Jessup, Dunkerton, specifically around. It's like almost like an, a, a safety plan. And I'm not struggling with my mental health, but I know I have all these people, my community, that have my back and my church family too good people. So community, crucial. So if there's teens listening, and this this goes right into our own home, because man, my daughter's going to listen to this and be even more mad at <laughs> But I speak truth. She's We moved two and a half years ago to a small town, uh, specifically to be closer to our parents. And she's really struggled to make friends. Mm. And she's not the only 14-year-old girl in Iowa or Illinois or whatever that struggles to make friends. So I know it's hard for her and that's probably rough for some people listening or a parent of a teenage kid. That's just hard. Mm -hmm. You got to have people around you. So that's why I want her to trust adults at the youth group. She's not going to talk to me or mom about her feelings. She's made that quite apparent. Who will she talk to? Is there an adult at youth group? Is there a relative? Is there a parent of a friend? Those are big parents of friends. That's where good communication can happen. Mm -hmm. So that all goes back to the community. We got to have each other's backs because at some point, somebody's got to have Haley's back and somebody's got to have Ryan's back because we're going to struggle. Absolutely. I love that you talked about 
you know, just even the, the church side of it, you know, you don't have to always believe in what I believe in, but, you know, come experience that love and community among each other. And I think too, you know, whether you're a teen, you're an adult, you're a young adult, there are times where it is really hard to make friends, you know, even I'm graduated college now and all my college friends have left and some of them are in different countries and I don't get to see them very often. And so it's hard even for me to sometimes make new friends, but you know, my parents were talking to me the other day and they're like, sometimes you just need to like branch out a little bit and, you know, go to a, a group that maybe you wouldn't think that you would enjoy. And so I've tried to plug in more to, to more things at my church. And I've met some great people that way that I never would have mm. thought that I would. And, you know, I just had to put myself out there a little bit more. And sometimes that's hard, especially for people who have anxiety or, you know, whatever it is, it's like, Oh gosh, I don't, I don't want to put myself out there. I don't want anyone to talk to me or whatever it is. But once I did that, I realized how sometimes we think that it's so hard to make friends and it's like, well, let's just talk to some people that normally you wouldn't think that you would enjoy talking to. And maybe you will find those friends that way. So I love that. Um, and something that even my friend told me the other day, I was venting and, you know, they said, it sounds like you're in the storm and I'll bring the umbrella, you know, let's walk through mm -hmm. this together. And, and I really liked that because I think that's what community is. You know, like you talk about having each other's back, let, you know, I'll hold the umbrella. Let's walk through this together and let's talk about it and let's get through it. And sometimes, you know, even as you're talking to your friends about it, we can't expect our friends or our family to have the answers, but just to talk about it and just to know that you're heard and that you're seen and you're loved and you're safe in that. I think that's the most important thing. And, and that for me, that heals, helps heal the stuff that I'm going through is just to feel that, you know, I'm not alone in this. And I think a lot of people need that, especially right now with COVID and not being able to really have that community as much as I feel like we used to. It's so important now more than ever to kind of push yourself a little bit and get to those places that maybe you would never think that you would enjoy. Oh, for sure. And that's a great segue into QPR. I got to talk mm -hmm. about QPR. Yes. Yeah. Because I always tell people this is a suicide intervention class. And I try to mention every training, please don't leave this training overwhelmed thinking I could never help anyone. Everybody can sit with another human being. You don't even have to say a word. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting with this human that is struggling. I don't know what to say to him. What do I say? What did I learn? Just sit. Everybody can do that. So that's why I love QPR. Yes, we want you to learn more about what you could possibly say or how to help people but everyone can support someone else by just being there. Mm -hmm. And we don't do that enough. Uh, we're all busy. I know that, but I have to take the time once in a while to just sit with people. And sometimes I don't know what to say. Just shut your mouth. They know, wow, this dude is still here with me. He actually gives a crap about me. We can all do that, but we do want people to learn more. Um, QPR, I got to hype it because I'm on the nationwide, I mean, the Iowa tour, not nationwide yet. Wouldn't that be great? Hotels and airplanes. And, <laughs> but then I would miss, I value family deeply and three kids. And then I would miss sporting events and get to watch my daughter get angry on the basketball court. So <laughs> we don't want to miss that. No. Uh, QPR, question, persuade, refer. Haley's been to the training um, there's PowerPoint slides. It's a suicide intervention. We're trying to teach people how to ask the question, are you thinking about killing yourself? That's the question. Mm -hmm. So we look at some stats, warning signs in a different training. We call them invitations. We all have warning signs. And I might say some things on this podcast and people listening are like, oh, that dude is stressed. Yep, I am, but I have no desire to take my own life because I have too much life to live because life is awesome. Um, P, persuade. Persuade to me really means listen. Listen, listen, listen to people. Take the time to sit quietly, listen, and don't try to fix. We often do that too much, and I'm guilty too as a parent, friend, mental health advocate, and then our refer. We want to move them on to more help. 
is my per is the person I'm helping just having a bad day and now it's okay I think we're doing better or is it ooh this person probably needs to be in the hospital which Ryan needed to be twice as a 15 year old and some people do need that mm -hmm. so QPR question persuade refer I love teaching this training you've been to it there's PowerPoint slides but we go off track quite a bit <laughs> to real life because yeah. I think we learn more from real life and I really try to get the audience involved because I want to hear people's stories and experiences. Um, and it depends on the audience, how much they talk. I do these a lot for schools. I have a bunch coming up. Those kids usually don't say a word because they're sitting next to their peers and they don't want to pipe up and be embarrassed. Once in a while to school, you'll get an all-star, a human all-star, not the prom queen, not the football quarterback, a human all-star that will ask a hard question. And I'm like, you're my favorite. Yeah. Because they have the guts to step up and say something out loud in front of all their peers that probably some people are going to make fun of them for. That's guts. Yeah. Step up. I love that. So that's my QPR uh, infomercial there. For, this should be running at like 2 a.m. The 1995 Three Easy Payments. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, and QPR genuinely, I think was one of my favorite trainings. And I felt like you did such a good job of, you know, bringing the educational pieces to it, but then also relating it to, like you said, real life and kind of digging deep into some situations that you've encountered and situations that other people in the crowd have encountered. I really enjoyed it. So if there's someone who's listening to this, who is from, you know, the Midwest area, how do they get in touch with a QPR training or get it at their workplace or their school, or how do they get in touch with you? Oh, sweet. Uh, go to Google. I try <laughs> to give my email address, but it's so complicated with where to put the dots. And if you Google Ryan Nesbitt, Iowa suicide prevention, I think my info's on five or six different websites yeah. or look up alive and running Iowa. We have a great Facebook page that thousands of people are on or contact Haley. She knows how to find me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The, the email is too tricky to try to, I should have made a sign. Oh, <laughs> but we're not, we're doing podcasts. We're not, this is a zoom. Yeah. You can find me Ryan Nesbitt or else find Haley. But yeah. I love doing this. And if, if you have an organization that wants QPR or a school or a church and you're thinking, Oh, we don't have any money. Anytime an audience can't pay, my nonprofit pays. Oh, that's so I awesome. I do get paid to teach finally. Hallelujah. After like five years of volunteering, 40 hours a week, which I love, but it's nice to get a check and feed my kids. Yeah. Um, so it can be free or if you have money laying around, I'll gladly take it because kids need new shoes and all that stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I absolutely love that. Cause you, like I said, I, I, I loved that training so much because I feel like it did a really good job of, you know, explaining that a lot of times in these situations, you're not going to have all of the answers and that's okay. You know, if you can just exactly what you said is just listen, be there, show compassion, show empathy towards that person. And, you know, even just say, Hey, I don't have anything that's going to fix this, but I'm here with you through it. And you're not alone in this. And let's talk about some things that could possibly help you. And, and so a question that I have for you, Ryan is, you know, what's the best advice you could give someone who's trying to help someone in their life who is deeply struggling? Persistence. That's a big, strong word. Uh, and I've been there. That's a grind in itself. Mm -hmm. But if we have hearts for helping people, we will sacrifice time, sleep, missing a kid's game, whatever, being late to work, because I'm genuinely worried about another human. Um, if you get in a situation where you're worried about someone's safety, like, I think this person might try to kill himself today, you got to stop everything you're doing. And your whole world is that person. Mm -hmm. absolutely have to make sure they're safe. And I could go into a half hour spiel on that, but safety is huge because uh, along with QPR, I also teach assist, 
applied suicide intervention skills training. That's a 16 hour class. I have a couple coming up. We really deep dive into safety, safety. How do we keep a human safe? Because me personally, when I didn't want to live, that that peak can sometimes go away real quick. The you boil up, boil up. I don't want to live. I'm so angry. I'm so stressed. I hate everything. It might be a matter of 30 seconds and you're already coming way back down to like, oh, I can breathe. So if we can keep people safe in those moments, I think we can save a lot of lives. Um, but persistence. And if you're getting worn down helping someone, you got to get other people involved because mm -hmm. it can drain you. Whether it's your church, your family, your friends, your neighborhood, don't try to be the hero if it's sucking the life out of you. Mm -hmm. Get other people in the game. And that's why I think we all got to be in the game. Shocking news, Haley, everyone has mental health. Yes. <gasps> we said that out loud. Breaking news. We all do. And every person's going to have struggles. Mm -hmm. It's just what is the extent of the struggle and how much does it affect our life? Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. I, I was just explaining to someone last night, they said, you know, they're like, oh, I saw a billboard that says that we're supposed to talk same brain health. And, you know, instead of, you know, they were just getting very confused about what wording to use. And I just was like, well, think about it this way. If you have a brain, you have mental health, you have brain health. Everyone has brain health. Some people just struggle more than others. So let's mm. talk about the struggle. Let's talk about the pain. Um, and how we can better take care of our brains because it's the most important, you know, organ in our body. So let's talk about it, you know? So um, I think it's just really important to, to know that, you know, you're not alone in it. And I love that you said, bring in other people if you are struggling to help someone else. Cause I can't tell you the amount of times that I've had to do that where I've been mm -hmm. in a place and then I've had someone contact me and, and they're struggling and I'm like, okay, I can't. I can't do this alone right now. I need to get some people involved. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Very true. I got like three quick things I just thought of. They hit yes. me. Can I go? I'm going to go fast. Go, brain go pain. for it. That might be the Foster's voice, our good friends. Did they create that brain pain? Maybe it's someone else I know. They always talk about brain pain. Mm -hmm. I, I hear thing. that a lot everywhere. Brain it is a real thing. Um, number two. If there are people listening that don't know the suicide prevention lifeline number, the national, and there probably are. I've done QPR trainings in crowds where they should know the number and no one knew it. And I thought, oh, we got so much more work to do. It's 1-800-273-TALK, 1-800-273-8255, which in July of 2022, <clears throat> we'll be able to dial 988. Yes. So you can dial the long one or starting in July of 2022, you can dial 988. That's good news. And then the text, I always recommend 741-741 for people to text. Because let's be honest, most of our young people don't talk on the phone. It's all pushing buttons on their device. Yep. Um, but check these out. If you're listening and you know someone who's struggling, you can call or text and ask questions. Or if you're listening and you're struggling, call or text. Mm -hmm. They're not going to send an ambulance and a cop car to your house one minute later, just because you called a number. Now, if you're threatening suicide on the phone, they might send a cop car or an ambulance because they want to help you. Mm -hmm. But these are very good resources. And anyone listening, wherever you are, know the resources in your area. Mm -hmm. I live in Jessup, Iowa. Oh boy, 2,500 people, one mental health counselor in town. Wow. Okay, she's good. We have the school counselors. We're 13 miles from Waterloo, Cedar Falls. There's resources there, but know what is in your area. Because if you're going to help someone and refer them, you got to know who you're referring them to. So be aware of what is in your area. There's so many more resources now than 1991. Oh my goodness, there was nothing then when I was a teen. I can't imagine. There was, there was probably a lifeline in the hospital. But on the flip side of all these resources, there's not enough mm -hmm. because there are so many more people struggling now. Mm -hmm. So know the resources, utilize them. But this is why everyone listening has to be in this game of helping people or asking for help because we don't have enough experts. We don't have enough beds, et cetera, et cetera. So everybody's got to play a role. And the third point, I always have to get this in. 
and this could be an hour discussion, we'll make it a minute, resilience, resilience. So Haley and I, we want to help people. We're trying to help people. We want people to have a good life. We for sure don't want people to die by suicide. But a big problem in our society right now is lack of resilience. And we are contributing to this fire daily. Mm -hmm. And it's a problem. This is where I will tick people off. But we got to quit giving out trophies to everybody. Mm -hmm. You have to learn how to lose at a young age. You absolutely have to. Um, me personally, when dealing with teenagers, going to schools, hearing stories, et cetera, I am less worried about suicide with kids who grew up and went through crap mm -hmm. because they're resilient. Yes, they went through horrible things, but it has made them stronger. I am more worried about someone who's had this perfect little silver spoon life and then one bad thing happens. Oh, and they don't know how to deal with anything mm -hmm. and it can be crushing. So we have to do better at teaching resilience and having young people learn resilience. So I often say it in my own home, you gotta lose. You have to learn how to lose, move on, then improve, mm -hmm. whatever that's at, sports, academics, relationships. You have to learn how to lose in our whole society. That's not how we function now. Yeah, no, you're definitely right about that. I you're definitely right about that. We do have to learn how to lose and lose gracefully. And like you said, move on, accept it, move on. And, um, especially when it comes to mental health, there's a lot of times that I've, you know, I've told myself I'm going to do certain things for my mental health and I don't. And then I, I wallow in that for a long time. And it's like, okay, instead of just saying, you know what, I didn't exercise today or I didn't meditate. Like I said, I was going to, I just need to, okay, that's a loss for me. That's okay. But then celebrate the small victories along with that. And, and keep moving forward rather than just staying there, staying stuck and wallowing in that. So you're absolutely right. And, and you kind of already touched on this, but, you know, as we're wrapping things up here, I know there are a lot of people who are kind of in those moments who are listening to this where they might feel like they're stuck or they're in the suck and they don't really know where to go from here. They're just surviving. They don't know where to go. Do you have any advice for someone who's in the suck and they're trying to make it through? Oh, fantastic. Uh, the first thing that popped in my head is sometimes, and me included, sometimes we grind too much. Sometimes we got to stop and read a book. So now you have talked me into today, not exercising. I'm going to sit and read a book, <laughs> All right. which I have hardly read the last six weeks because I'm so busy and I miss it. So I have to work that in. So one tip, sometimes go do something you like. Okay, I'm, I'm stuck. Everything's sucking. Work's stressful. Take a day off. Mm -hmm. Take an hour off. Go do, I can't afford to go out to eat. I, I know, go out to eat. Just do it. I don't have time to go to a movie with my kids. Make time. Mm -hmm. And I'm learning this too. Sometimes we just have to take a stop and we're going to go do something fun. <laughs> that might be, I want to watch this is us great tv show sit and relax and do that that's one way to get unstuck um people you've we've mentioned it a hundred times you got other people around you i'm stuck things are ask a friend over mm -hmm. i think we all have good friends who'd be like i'll be there in 30 minutes 10 whatever or now we have all this magical we can talk to each other through a screen and see each other um ask someone for a little bit of help. Hey, can we just meet for coffee? Don't just sit and wallow in it. 15 year mistake. Me personally, it sounds like Haley's had a few times of I'm just going to keep sinking down. I'm all know that we got to reach out. I'm drowning here. I need to reach out for some help. That's so crucial. Mm -hmm. And as we wrap it up, two big points. If you need help with anything in life, tell somebody. That does not make you weak or less than, or that you should be embarrassed. Whatever that help is, ask for help. And if you're listening to this and life is just awesome, well, hallelujah for you. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. great. <laughs> Find us and tell us the keys to that. Because life is awesome, but I also have to go through the rolling hills. Mm -hmm. But if you're on here and it's going well, help somebody. Volunteer somewhere. Hook up with 
the suck. Like now I can't embrace the suck or whatever. I'm surviving the suck, yes. Surviving embrace the, the suck. suck. <laughs> embrace it. Or the gray matters or foster's voice or alive and running or your local. There are ways you can volunteer. Go to school and be a helper for kids. Be a para. There are so many things people can do to impact other lives. Definitely. So if I really have to wrap everything up, the whole core of life, if you're struggling, ask for help. That's a biggie, especially if there's men listening. Mm -hmm. Oh, this guy's telling me to ask for help. I'm, well, this guy struggled 15 years and I can outrun all of you. So listen to what I say. Well, there's probably some really good runner on here. It's <laughs> probably someone you. who's like a super... Amazing runner. Super runner. Find me. You can teach me, but ask for help. And if you're in a good spot, help people. That's this big, beautiful circle of life where we're all impacting each other and it's going to go better. Yeah. I promise it will. That's the advice. I absolutely love, I love the way that you brought that home. You know, if you're struggling, ask for help. If you're not struggling, you're in a good place, then turn around and, and let's make someone else's life a little bit better and easier. So absolutely love it. You you've touched on so many amazing points just in this past, you know, however long we've been talking, this has just been amazing. So thank you, Ryan, for being here today. And thank you to everyone who's listening. If you are struggling again, ask for help. Ryan touched on the suicide prevention hotline number 1-800-273-8255. I always say put it as a contact in your phone because then you have it available to you and you have it available just in case you need it for someone else. So put that number in your phone. And then you can also text 741-741. So free, confidential, available all the time. Use it, use it, use it, use it. Ask for help. And then again, if you're not struggling, turn around, make a difference. Um, so if you want to get involved with some of Ryan's organizations or you want to have a QPR training, again, Google his name, Ryan Nesbitt, Suicide Prevention Iowa, or you can always talk to me and I can get you connected to Ryan as well. Um, but check out his awesome organizations and everything that he's doing as well, because, you know, like he said, we need everyone in this fight. And even if you're someone that you're listening to this and you just are trying to figure out how to help other people and you don't know where to start, just, you know, look into some local organizations around you, get connected with them, and that will help you find your own community too. I can't tell you how many amazing people I've met through just the suicide prevention work that I do. I would have never have met Ryan. Actually, a lot of the people on this podcast, I would have probably never have known if I wouldn't have been involved in, you know, the work that I do. So um, just take a step forward if you are in the suck and know that you're not alone in it. We are here for you all the time. Thank you, Ryan, for being here. Seriously, appreciate it so much. And to everyone listening, you can survive the suck. You are not alone. We are here. You matter. Have an awesome rest of your day. Thanks, everyone.